Welcome back, Sweet Seeds, to another special guest episode on the Motivation Podcast. I want to extend my gratitude toward all of you, my dear friends, fans, patrons, and listeners. You are so cared for and so deeply appreciated. If you like this podcast, please download, subscribe, and share. You can visit motivation.com for more links and to donate to the expansion of this podcast, as 10% of your donation goes to help animals in need. Before we get started, I want to further the extension of my gratitude to our sponsor, The Quick Message. Stay tuned. Hi, Sweet Seeds. Thanks so much for taking a moment to listen to how I started this podcast because it's been so much fun. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I highly recommend you check out Anchor. It's free. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This means all your friends get to support you. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're ready, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now back to the episode. Hello, everyone. On today's episode, our special guest is calling out to those who are overworked, overwhelmed, or who feel burnt out. If you are seeking some stress management tools to cope with everything that this world has to offer you, all the pressures and all the gifts, um, well, today is dedicated to you. So I know we could all use a little bit more non-judgmental, creative fun in our lives. And I have Kelly uh, Hopkins with us today. She's the founder of Soul Art Exploration, and she's here to show us how to do that, how to be creative and non-judgmental and how to relieve some stress. So thanks Kelly for coming to the show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So, um, we are going to walk through a really cool exercise a little bit later. And, um, before we get started, if everyone wants to grab the supplies, uh, Kelly said that we just need a piece of paper, some colored pencils, which I have my colored pencils, they have two sides. I'm really excited about that. Two different colors <laughs> um, and a pen or, or, or crayons or markers, something to color with. So um, if you want to grab that before we get started, everyone, that's totally fine. But we're going to jump on in. So Kel Kelly, if you could please um, share your story, how you found Solar Art Exploration and why you started it. Sure. Thank you so much. Well, I think I have to go kind of far back to tell you the beginning of the story. So I've always been really creative and I loved drawing as a kid, but I noticed when I was a child that I didn't draw as well as some other children. My figures were all stick figures, mm. and but I loved it and I loved everything creative. And then when I was in junior high school, the first year I was in the creative like electives track where I had art and I had singing and I had acting and and then at the end of the year, they said, you know, you really are a terrible artist and we're going to move you into, and you're a terrible singer. And we're going to, right. I know, and we're going to move you into the regular track with home ec and woodshop and I don't even remember what they were, sewing or something. And I was, or something. yeah, I was devastated. I mean, I was like, I was so crushed. I didn't do art for 25 years because oh my I, goodness. I didn't do any, nothing. And I did creative things. I, my, my bachelor's is in theater arts and I had a theater production company and I wrote and I acted and I produced, but I didn't touch no, no drawing, nothing. Wow. Five years. That goes to show what um, people's projections really say, really can do. Um, it might not even have been true. You know, you're young and that's how you did your art, but for them to plant that idea in your head and it carried through for 25 years. That's yes. wow. And for, for children, you know, like when you're young, you, the, yeah. you should be encouraged in whatever direction you're interested in, regardless of ability. Cause it's really about, you know, who are you? You're trying to figure out who you are. You're not, it's not about um, awards when you're, when you're 11 years old, 12 years old. So yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. So then I had a boyfriend when I was in my thirties who was like, you know, you're an artist, you should do art. And I was like, oh no, I suck at art. I can't, I can't do that. And he said, you know, I, and he was an artist. He said, mm -hmm. I really, I think you're, I think you really need to, and I'm going to commission a picture from you. And so you have to do it because I'm going to pay you for it. And so I want you to make me something. And what I want you to do is I want you to draw your feelings. And I was like, okay, I can, I can definitely do that. 
And so I used big fat markers and I drew my feelings all over this big poster board and I put lights on it and it had to be plugged in and it was awesome. And I loved it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, and I felt my feelings come out onto the paper. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's definitely like a different way to like experience emotion is to just look at it. Cause you can't look at an emotion inside of you. You can only feel it really. So to be able to look at it is to put it out and look at it. That sounds awesome. Totally. And to see, to see that it reflected back to you, you know? Yeah. And, and props to your boyfriend at the time for encouraging that. That's a, that was a sign of a true artist, not someone that wants to bring you down and say, oh, maybe you're, maybe you're right. Maybe you just aren't a good painting or drawing artist, but you're a great theater performer. Mm, no, if you want to do it, do it. That's amazing. I love that he put, he even commissioned you for that. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. And then in my work, I was in social services for 26 years mm -hmm. and I did community building work where I would bring people together in groups to build relationships. And then they did actions in their community. And what I noticed in the community building was that whenever we did art related relationship building activities, whenever the um, activity was around art, people shared more, they had more fun, they connected more. And I was like, you know, there's something to that. There's something about the way that they're engaging with art that's bringing more out of them and bringing them together more. Yeah, so, I love that. I love that. And that's kind of goes to show what really happens when you do the inner work as it brings you closer to yourself, which brings you closer to others because you're, you're now maybe more comfortable or more willing to actually reach out and be vulnerable with others because you've done the work for yourself to be vulnerable with your own self. Um, and to do that through something so creative and fun and playful um, brings that element right with it. So not only are you being vulnerable, but you're being vulnerable in a way that was playful and kind of silly and kind of fun and bright and colorful. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then I adopted two children and I, as a single person, and I, and I wanted to be with them full time because I had, you know, I was working like 70 hours a week and I was like, this is not good for any of us. Mm -hmm. And so I quit my job and I moved, my children were one and three at the time. We moved to Costa Rica, to the jungles of Costa Rica. Um, and I took a work break mm -hmm. and, uh, it was, weird because I, I thought I would be relieved and excited to be with my kids. But what happened was I, all this stuff I had been kind of working to avoid landed on me. You know, mm. I, I realized that I was a workaholic. I realized that I was using work to avoid a lot of things yeah. and just kind of plugging everything into my job. Cause I loved my job, but I was also using it not to deal with things. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. that over busying ourselves so that we don't have to look at the real issues. Yes. Yeah. I definitely have experienced that for sure. And for sure. Um, so being someone who's never felt overworked, yeah. um, what does it feel? Cause I, I, I guess maybe for me, I find it impossible to ignore my emotions and work for me yeah. doesn't make me go away from them. Yeah. So what's it like? What can you describe some, maybe what it's like to feel, um, like a workaholic, because maybe even for those listeners who are kind of wondering, like, am I just ambitious? Is this unhealthy? What does that feel like? What does that kind of look like? Well, I think when it's going on, you really don't see it. I didn't see it. If you love your work, you don't see it, mm -hmm. you know, but I, what it, what it looked like for me was, I would do emails. I would, I got, I, I did do self-care because I always have um, done self-care because I, when I was in high school, I went through a depression. And so ever since then, I've always, you know, tried to do self-care and take care of myself. So, but I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and do some journaling and some exercise and some meditation. And then I would start with emails uh, at about five o'clock in the morning and I would do emails. Yeah. And then I would start like officially working uh, you know, around nine, I would work all day. And then I was available all the time because I, mm -hmm. there were a hundred mm -hmm. community groups and 55 organizers wow. around Lake County and they all reported to me. So I would get calls at night. I would get emails, all, you know, anytime. And I would work on the weekends and I would work, you know, so basically like I was available 24 seven 
but I enjoyed it. I liked, I loved the work that we did. I loved uplifting people. I loved um, helping people discover their gifts and talents. And so to me, I didn't realize that I was overworking because it was just, it was what it was the main thing in my life. I think mm -hmm. that's a big signal. If the main thing in your life is your work and it's it's much larger than any other thing, then I think that's a red flag that there isn't balance, you know? Yeah. And even if you're like me and you're doing some self-care and so you're kind of like, well, but I take care of myself. I'm I'm exercising, I'm meditating. Yeah. But you know, I wasn't, I didn't have other big things in my life other than work. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I that's my work all the time. Yeah. That, that definitely gives me a, a, a realistic image of what that would look like. Um, I'm the type of person where, you know, when I had a nine to five, I would only work that nine to five. And by the end of it, I was so happy to leave. And even in my own work, like I have so many different passions that for me to dedicate too much time to just one thing, I, I immediately see that unbalanced, but I got a good imagery because I was trying to figure out how can, how can I express to other people how to imagine balance, how to find your own inner balance when whatever that looks like. So I got the image. This is very, uh, like work related, but to take the aspects of your life and put it on a pie chart and make the pie chart based on time, how much time weekly do you spend or monthly do you spend with work with family with friends with your passions with your um with relaxing with self-care how much time and then actually being able to look at that and see like wow work is taking up 75 percent of my pie chart or even 50 percent of my pie chart they can use that little tool um to to check that out and make sure they're in balance that's really important to 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 check in always and see where we're at. And that's, I think the first step to deciding that you're going to do something about it is, is to check in and see where you're really at. Um, am I overworking and is it unhealthy? Because we could be working a lot and it could be healthy for us because it could be what we actually do need. We've been stagnant for months and now it's time for us to step up and actually do the work. So we might be working a lot more than we used to but still always making sure that we're doing so in balance is very important. And the other thing you said that really um, was interesting to me is that you, you were available 24 seven because you loved it. And just thinking about how dangerous that can be to be available 24 seven, to be willing to give up all of your time at any given moment to something outside of yourself is, is seems very um, virtuous, but could be kind of destructive to the self if you're, if you're giving so much of your identity out, even if you love it, which I think is another important thing to point out that like, we can overwork ourselves in something that we absolutely love and care for and something that's healthy. The things that are healthy can turn unhealthy if, if it's out of balance. Um, that's amazing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, what exactly about that experience with, with your, your friend, um, or with your boyfriend, what exactly about that experience carried through to today? How did that happen? Well, so I found myself in Costa Rica with all these issues to deal with. And I was, I was, um, you know, I had in the past, I had therapy here, but you know, the, that's really not available there. Mm. And, um, I was like, well, what am I going to do about this? And I was in a community, um, of people, really open-minded people. And there was a lot of sharing and different things going on. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start an art connection group. And I'm going to create a group with my neighbors where we kind of explore and process the things that are going on with us through art. Mm. And, and that drew directly back to both the experience with my boyfriend and the art that I did there and the work, the art that I did in my work where I saw the impact on people. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so I started this group in my neighborhood and I started creating exercises weekly for my neighbors and myself to process through the things that were going on with us. And that, that's where soul art exploration came from, was this group in the jungle in, in Laicovia. It's a little um, eco-village in, in Costa Rica. Yeah. And every week we would meet and work through our issues and, and share with one another. And 
I healed and my neighbors healed and it was an amazing experience. That's beautiful. I love that it started with like community outreach and it didn't start with, oh, I can make this into a business. It was really just like, I need a healing space and I'm sure my neighbors do too. That's, it's important. It really shows, um, and I'm not sure maybe this is very common and I'm just not aware of it, but it shows the need for community and how even just taking that first step, um, reaching out to your community can be so life-changing for not only yourself, but for those that are involved. Um, so what was that like the first couple sessions that you guys did? What, what kind of things came up? What uh, challenges did you guys face as far as the whole process goes? Well, I, my background is in facilitating groups. So that from that perspective, it's very comfortable for me. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, for my neighbors, I think when you guide people in a way where they feel safe and, you know, so obviously the first thing I will always do in a group setting is kind of create the container for people. What, what are our boundaries? What are, what are the guidelines that we're going to work within, you know, like privacy that what is shared in the group stays in the group and everybody puts in, and I have actually an art exercise for this where everybody puts in the things they want to see and the things they don't want to see in the group and they share mm -hmm. that. So it creates a space where people feel comfortable yeah. to be vulnerable because you have to feel comfortable to be vulnerable yeah. in, in order to do the work, whether that's in an individual setting or a group setting. You, you really have to feel like you can expose yourself and you can go within yourself, you know, in the presence of other people in order to uh, gain the benefit. And there's so much benefit in sharing the work that you do, you know, you when when I go through an exercise, sharing is always a part of it because that in in not just doing the work, but then showing someone else, a trusted person, there's so much value in being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. it, it, it that that it's part of the healing process. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that because even that step itself is. Um, a healing step because you're, you're getting out of your comfort zone, sharing something that you've already done while being vulnerable. You're taking another step to now share it to someone that can be, I feel like that could bring some, bring up some more deeper emotions of anxiety and um, the fear of rejection. I think a lot of things like that could come up. So what is something that you recommend for people who either don't have someone to share it with or just aren't quite ready to take that next step to share it? What, what do you recommend for them if they want to do soul art ex exploration for themselves? Can, is there- I would, I would uh, do the sharing step as a journaling. Okay, yeah. So, so you're, getting, you're getting the opportunity to share your experience, the experience of doing the art, the experience of what you discovered about it. And in the sharing, you often find new discoveries. Mm. So I wouldn't skip that step. I would do it as a journaling. Yeah. And, and at some point, maybe you feel comfortable showing the picture and the journaling to someone else, you know? Yeah. But, but it's definitely important not to skip that step of sharing, even yeah. if it's with a journal. Yeah. I love that you said that, even if it's with a journal, because really the relationship that um, they're needing to foster at that point is just the relationship with themselves. And if they can feel comfortable writing about it and, and sharing it and then reading it again, sharing it with themselves and feeling comfortable and confident in what they shared, eventually I can see how that would progress into them being able to share the photo or exactly what it is that they experienced with somebody else, which is powerful. Um, yeah. Definitely. I think journaling is just alone. It's also a great tool to just look into those emotions, but doing so with some art sounds even more intense because who knows, like if you're, when you're just creating art, especially if it's coming from your emotions, you're probably not really sure what's going to come next. So it's a very spontaneous experience, I imagine. Um, yeah. So what are some of the things that you notice come up with your clients when, when they're doing this with what are some of the challenges that you've experienced that come up with with the solar or some of the more challenging emotions how do they experience that how do they move through all that with you so i the in going back to the issue of the journaling so what i did was i over the course of the last three years i've developed exercises that are actually multiple creative tools put together so all of the work that i do has journaling, meditation, visualization, 
drawing or painting. And some of the exercises actually have movement as well, uh -huh. movement. And so it's a whole process. And the each one of the exercises that I have has a specific intention. So there's a, there's a something that you're accessing with that exercise that is unique to that exercise. And many of them draw up, bring up deep emotion. And so I think that the, the, the thing about emotion is it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. okay to feel deep emotion. And for many people, they have deep emotions that have gone without being felt. And so some of the exercises are about allowing stuff that's stuck to get unstuck through the process. And some of it is about shifting your relationship with your thinking and feeling around something that's concerning or stressing you. Because you know most of our stress comes from our thoughts. It comes yeah. from, there's a situation and it's causing pressure on us. And it's the way that we think about it. It's the fear that we have about what may come as a result of it that creates that stress and that pressure. And so when you can get dropped down out of your head where you're kind of mm -hmm. looping and thinking about stuff in one way and fearing things and, and um, you know, being overwhelmed and you drop down into your heart and you really get connected with your heart and your soul, and then you bring your body into it with the drawing, you can find different ways to think about and relate and feel about that situation and actually shift it so that you don't, you, the way that it's playing on you now doesn't have to be your relationship with that, with that event, you know, or that, or that fear or that, that issue that's causing you stress. So that's what comes up a lot is people get overwhelmed by the way that they're thinking and feeling about something, and then they transform it and it doesn't have that power over them anymore. Mm -hmm. Or if it's something from the past, they release it. Mm -hmm. Then it doesn't have that power over them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. One thing that you said, um, as far as you have to, you have to accept it first, you have to first notice it and look at it and say that exists before you can transform it. So being able to, to shift it or transform it or let it go, depending on what really is being stuck or what's being held is so important to know that we aren't our current situation, our current mindset, our current way of living or what we think we know right now is not concrete. It's really not. The only thing that stays the same is that everything changes. So being open to that with our emotions does allow us to have the opportunity to transform them. And um, the things that come from the past that we need to let go, it's so, that's so powerful. I can imagine what it would be like to be in a session with you, especially with some of the things that have come up for me to discover those while being in a session would just be so powerful to see that like I can do this just by putting some colors on a paper how how powerful just the intention of our 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 energy being transferred onto a piece of paper and then us looking at that thinking about it how we can talk to ourselves through that because some of the things that you know we experience in our past and some of the things that are holding us back are subconscious so we're not actively always thinking about them and it's a lot harder to shift shift something if we're not thinking about it or we're not aware of it um I know personally a lot of times the most transformation happens once I just am able to uh label something or acknowledge that it's there it's like that does 90 percent of the work it's once I acknowledge it then I get able to move past it Sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes the acknowledging though definitely makes me feel more attached to it. So I can see how this, even if I know it's what it is that's lurking or I don't, I can still turn to some paper, just color it out. All right, I know this thing, this mindset, this scarcity mindset, I feel lack somewhere in my life. If I just you know, color that out, look at it and say, look, I'm feeling this. I can see that, you know what? It's not that big of a deal it's something that I can move past. It's not going to overwhelm me. I am not lacking time. I am needing to adjust and having that time, that space to breathe through pencils or through markers sounds very powerful. I'm looking forward to our session, getting a taste of this. Um, 
So yeah, I would love to hear about your experience with um, the most, I want to hear the most powerful experience that you've had with a client, something that, you know, really touched your heart or really just woke you up to something. What was the most powerful experience you've had? I think the most powerful experience I've had is with a woman who, who was going through a divorce and mm. her fear, because her relationship with her children is incredibly close and, and, you know, she would not even leave the house for overnight to go anywhere, you know, like she, she mm. was with her children and she, it was coming time for them to tell the kids, she had two kids that they were going to be separating and she was going to be going um, to another property for a couple of months and they were gonna be separated. And she was so like, just just torn up about it, like so fearful. And so she felt like she was abandoning them. She felt like they were not going to be able to get over it. It was going to destroy them. And there's one exercise that, that I, that I do that we did. That's about really first digging in, like you said, really Mm -hmm. digging, like what, what, what does this look like in the worst case scenario? You know, like what, what is gonna, what, what is your fear? What is going to happen? And in both journaling and drawing, and then there's a meditation and a visualization and then the 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 opposite of well what if everything yeah. turns out what if everything's okay mm-hmm. for everyone and the what happened for her was so transformative she sent me this text and she's like this this she she created a picture and in this one the pictures are actually done on the same page so that one is on top of the other one so mm-hmm. you can both of them and she was so transformed by it. She created a copy to give to the kids and she used it in the conversation that she had with them. She kind of painted a picture of how they're always connected. And she she left one copy with them and she took another copy with the, the original with her and the conversation went well and they understood and they didn't feel like she was abandoning them. And they didn't feel like they, you know, everything was going to fall apart. And she said, after the conversation, she sent me this text and she was like, this monster that I've been living with is, is, you know, which was her fear is was transformed and is now is disappeared. Wow. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, oh my God, (laughs) like to have that kind of impact first on her and then for her to be able to use it to help support her children was just amazing to me. Yes. That is, that touches my heart. Just hearing about that. That's so powerful. I love that she took the initiative to say, you know what, this is, I need to share this because I, I can't even imagine how to have that conversation with with children. I've never had to have that conversation, thankfully, but that's a great way to do it because I'm imagining being the child receiving this artwork that I'm, I'm imagining isn't, you know, perfectly done. It's kind of how almost like their artwork would be. It feels so relatable to say, wow, my mom made this artwork for me. It's beautiful. It's perfect because my mom made it. And it's helping me to understand something that is very difficult. I'm, I'm hurting over this. Yes. But I see why my mom is going through this and why we're all going through this. And I can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, just because my mom decided to share with me this art artwork that she did. And I'm as a child thinking, wow, I don't, I don't know where she did this from. I don't know why she did this. I just know that she wants to share this with me. So that's very powerful. It shows how, um, we can continue to, um, pass it on. The, the lessons are not just for our own internal um, healing, but the sharing can be the healing that needed to happen for that other person too. Um, so that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much. And blessings to her. Good, good on her for taking that initiative. Um, when, when taking, when we're, when we start this 
experience. Mm -hmm. For those of us who love to paint, love to create, but don't do it often because we feel like we're terrible, how do you, how do you, um, how do you think we can move past that judgment that we have on ourselves and into a place of whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to create. How do you, how do you move past that? It can be kind of sticky. Well, it's really easy for me because my, again, I, most people think that the, the paintings or drawings that I do, my, my six and eight year old and earlier, you know, <laughs> even younger kids that they did them. Yeah. I am not, I'm not a trained artist. I still draw stick figures. I would say there, there are times when what comes to me in the visualization, I'm not able to get exactly, you know, it, it, in my, in my picture. And so I go for the feeling of it instead mm -hmm. of literal. Um, and I, there, there is nothing about this that is about the product. It is only about the process. And so I always, when, when we do the exercise later, that's what I'm going to start with. I'm going to awesome. start with saying, this is not about what your, what your drawing looks like. The, the, the more that you can release any expectation around the product that comes out, the better the process will be for you. And the more you will get from the process. Yes. It is in no way about what it looks like. Although some people become extremely attached to the pictures because they're so much more meaningful than mm -hmm. what they look like. They're, it's the story that they tell, it's what they remind them of. And so I have clients that put every single picture we do up, it, not because they think that they're great artwork, but because when they look at it, it tells them something and reminds them something that they need to keep with them, you know? Yeah, totally. I love that. Um that they put it up to help remind them. It got me thinking about some of the abstract artists that I know um, and how their art is, it's not perfect. It's not at all exact or accurate to what they were po probably trying to convey. But I'm wondering now, you said something very key. It might be the key to unlocking the artist within. It's not about the exactly what it looks like. It's about the feel of it. So if I'm going to draw a person, I don't need to be able to do a perfect five fingers with fingernails. I just need to be able to give the essence of what that person feels like to me. And that I think is a key to really abstract painting and abstract art is that it's not about what it looks like. That is, a, that is the result of what it feels like. And I think that brings a lot more power. And like you said, a lot more communication coming from the painting itself or from the artwork itself, because it isn't based on the look of it. It's based on the feel and feelings will communicate, especially through, through the visual. So I think that's really a powerful thing that you said there. Um, awesome. So I, I love this. I'm, I'm, I'm a little impatient. I want to get to the exercise and I'm sure our listeners do too. So before we get started, while everyone has a chance to grab those supplies, if they haven't already, um, you just need some pieces of blank paper, uh, a pen, um, colored pencils or markers or crayons, uh, just go ahead and get those. And for those of you that are still, that already have them and are ready to go through, we're gonna have a short break called the laugh bath. So in this segment, we're gonna have a moment for Kelly and I to just have a couple laughs. I found some ridiculous art trivia questions and if you get any of them right, we all have to give you a round of applause, meaning we, me, because I don't think I would ever be able to get these right. Um, so I am ready to get started. If you are, Kelly. Sure. All right. Buckle on your trivia hat. Let's get started. So number one, this is a true or false question. So true or false. The Mona Lisa has her own mailbox in the Louvre because of all the love letters she receives. I would say that that's true. You're correct. She does. She does. Did you know that? Or are you guessing? No, I was guessing. Yeah, I have, of course. And why would I put a false one? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Apparently, the artist Luke Maspero allegedly took his fervor to a new high. This is what the website says. And then lo, in 1852, he dove off a balcony, a hotel balcony, because he said, for years I have grappled desperately with her smile. I prefer to die. Over a painting, rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace, Luke Maspero. Hope 
it was, I hope you feel better now. So <laughs> I think that's a little dramatic. Yeah. Um, something a little bit less sad, but not as, or but something a little less sad, but still tragic. Um, Mr. Artist Willard Wigan, I think that's how you pronounce it, Willard Wigan, was best known for his micro sculptures. sculptures. They're so small that you need a microscope to see it. Tragically, one day he inhaled a piece of his artwork. What famous character did Willard inhale? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. Just take a guess because it's there's no reason you shouldn't know this. <laughs> George Washington. That would be oh poor George. No, it was actually Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Oh my goodness. She went down a different rabbit hole that called the esophagus. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So strange. Like apparently when he's making the micro sculptures, yeah. like there's one that's inside of the what do you call it? The hole of a needle. Like there's little I think yeah, there's chips yeah. inside yeah. of there. So he has to like, I don't know how he has the balance for that. That's amazing. And he was fine inhaling it. Yeah, it's a it's microscopic. Like it's the if you imagine like the hole inside of a needle he had like five items inside of there so that's how tiny they are they are like specks of dust so this man has a lot of he's got steady hands <laughs> but he that's his passion that's I, I guess so yeah he must have a passion for small things in detail <laughs> Yes, Maybe so. he's a Virgo, who knows? <laughs> um, all right, last but not least, last question of the trivia are, you're doing great. You've got zero out of zero because if you got any of these right, you would get extra credit. Um, this one's kind of funny. You might be able to get this one. Oh, you got one. You got the first one, true. You got one out of zero. Um, I would have gotten zero out of zero because I thought that one was too ridiculous. Mona Lisa, she's, she's just staring blankly. Anyways. Uh, last but not least, what kind of Roman art came with detachable pieces and what was detachable? Roman art came with detachable pieces. Um, I mean, it makes me think of some kind of a sculpture, like the Trojan horse is what came into my head, but I know that's not art. That was warfare. You're right on there with the sculptures. Oh, sculptures, yeah. That, yeah. That's what came to my mind. I guess appendages? Like You're not you far off. You're not far off. So Roman statues apparently were made with detachable heads. So they could take one head off and replace it with another one. Interesting. Yeah, I, I guess if, if they break, I don't know. I don't know why they left, let... Who's that woman? The... The woman that's missing a whole arm. I guess they didn't do it for the arms, just the heads. <laughs> that's sure. right. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, awesome. You did amazing. You even got like, that was pretty close. Like the fact that you thought it was statues and like people. Yes. I'm going to give you half a point for that. So congratulations. Kelly has gotten 1.5 out of our art trivia and it was not easy. So good job. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for playing that little game. And we're going to dry off from the laugh bath. So sure. now I would love to have you walk us through um, a portion or a little bit of a soul art session. Um, I've got my paper ready. I hope everybody that's listening has their papers ready and their pencils or their markers. Um, I'm excited to use my double head because... That's just yeah. so fun. I got double the amount of colors. All right. Um, yeah. Take ready. Go ahead. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say we already mentioned is that this is really, really, really not about what it looks like because we're actually going to destroy it. So mm -hmm. don't have any uh, attachment to it whatsoever in terms of what it looks like because it's not going to make it out of the exercise. <laughs> so this exercise is for, um, it's part of a two-part exercise for managing emotions. And the two parts are releasing emotions. That's the exercise we're going to do right now. And then there's another one and they, 
They can be done separately. I do them separately all the time. And they can also be done together. The second one is creating positive emotions. Mm -hmm. And so you can, if you're upset, you can use releasing emotions to get rid of something that's bothering you. And then you can input a positive emotion with the other half of it. Or if you're just kind of not feeling anything at all and you want to create a positive emotion, you like to be happier, you like to be more excited, um, you like to be grateful, joyful, content, you can do the second half. And um, so they can be done together or apart. We're just going to do the first half of it, but I am going to let you know how you can get access to the second. Awesome. And they are actually standalone exercises. I just put them together as a pair. Awesome. So this exercise is for releasing emotions. And um, one thing I always try to tell people to do is it is not to be used in place of having emotions. Mm. So going back to our conversation before, allowing yourself to have your feelings is very important. If you, if you don't allow yourself to have your feelings, it leads to other things like depression and, and, you know, more need for somebody to help you to process things that you didn't allow yourself to feel. Yeah. What sure. good for is like, so let's say you have something that upsets you. Sometimes, you know, something will happen with one of my kids and I'll get triggered. I'll get activated in the moment and then the moment is over but i'm still triggered i'm still mm-hmm. feeling upset yeah and so this is great for that or if you have something pressing on you kind of constantly and you want to get it away from you you want to release it this is really good for that or something old comes up and you want to release it this is really good for that so the first step in this process is on just a blank piece of paper you, you're, and, and for the purposes of this exercise now, no one should pretend anything. So okay. if you have a lot going on right now, something happened today and you're still upset about it, um, that's great. If you have nothing going on right now, that is fine too, because going through the process with what's really going on with you right now is the most important thing. So there's no, whatever your feelings are, we're going to release them. Sometimes you release happy feelings. It doesn't, you're not, you're not saying, oh, I have to be upset. I'm going to create an upsetness in order to go through this process. Uh, Being authentic when you're doing this work is very important. So Mm -hmm. don't pretend any, whatever you're feeling right now is whatever you're feeling right now. And so the first step is going to be journaling about what you're feeling. And for some people, that's very intimidating because they're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know how to journal. Journaling can be one word. It can be phrases. It can be sentences. There's no right or wrong way to journal. Sometimes when I'm mad, can I curse on your show? Yeah, sure. So sometimes when I'm mad, I will just now, now I'm concerned about doing it. Sometimes I will just, I will just write the same curse word all yeah. the way to the paper, you yeah. know, just from one end to the other. And that for me is releasing that emotion. Yeah. And so you, there's no wrong way to do it. You mm-hmm. can't, um, you can't mess up journaling. And I think sometimes yeah. intimidated about writing. So just write whatever you're feeling right now. And if you have any trouble getting into it, just write, I'm writing with a pen, you know, I'm sitting in a room and write what's literally happening. And then hopefully your feelings will come up, but just write out whatever you're feeling right now on the paper. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. So we'll do that right now.
All right. Okay. So something happened to me just now that sometimes happens. I started with one thing and then it something else came up. Mm. Uh, happened earlier today came up. And so I kind of have a mixture of emotions and there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah. sometimes what happens when you start writing, something will come to you that you weren't expecting. And it may be you have a mixture and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now yeah, what that makes doing, sense. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times, like I don't just have one emotion. It'll be like this whole array. And so then I'm like trying to figure out what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling irritated and I'm feeling uh, all sorts of different things and sad. And I'm like, well, I don't know what, what I feel. I just feel a lot. So that makes sense that, you know, we can uncover more than one thing at a time. And that might be the best way to, to, to describe to ourselves how we feel. I feel more than one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you can write it all down however it comes up and there's no wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. So now what we're going to do is we're going to read to ourselves what we wrote and then we're going to flip over the paper and put the blank side down. And you want to make sure you have your coloring implements ready to go because we're going to do a meditation and a visualization. So you're going to read it, then you're going to put it face down so that the blank side is up and your stuff is ready. And then you're going to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, so the first thing you wanna do is you're gonna take a deep breath in, but I actually don't want you to try to get rid of your feelings. I want you to breathe in and get more connected with your feelings. And on your exhale, I want you to keep your feelings inside instead of releasing them. So I want you to get really, really connected See if you can identify any place in your body that you can feel the things that you wrote. Try to get connected with those feelings in your heart and in your body. And every time you breathe in, you're getting more connected with those feelings and they're getting concentrated and they're getting stronger and stronger. Think about the things that you wrote. Think about how you're feeling right now. It's getting bigger. Now I want you to imagine that the feeling or feelings that you're having right now have a color or colors. If they had a color or colors, what would they be? And just think to yourself and stay with your feelings until you can feel them strongly and you can see them in color or colors. And once you can see the colors of your feelings, I want you to imagine that your feelings have shape or form. And it may be a realistic shape or form, or it may be a completely abstract shape or form. If these feelings had a shape or shapes or a form or forms, what would they be? Now imagine your feelings as a picture that is out in front of you in those shapes and forms. And when you breathe in, take a deep breath in, I want you to breathe out your feelings into that picture that is in front of you. And once you can really feel that your feelings are exiting 
you and entering into that picture in front of you and you can see that picture in front of you, I want you to open your eyes and draw that picture. And when you draw that picture, I want you to imagine that anything left of your feelings is exiting your body and entering into the picture through your pens or your markers or your crayons. And you're embedding your picture with those feelings. All right, I think we'll okay. back and together. So now you should have writing on one side and your picture on the other side. Mm -hmm. So now there's a few ways to go forward from here with it um, is, so hopefully you're feeling already a release and the last piece of the release is to destroy the paper. So usually what I will do is rip it up and then I, <laughs> For me, this is not stress-inducing. I throw it in the air. There you go. That creates stress. You can burn it. You can just crumple it mm -hmm. and throw it out. But you want to get rid of it. And that right. in, the, in the release of the last piece is um, you want to make sure it's done. So if you don't, yeah. if it's not done, get it and yeah. crumple it again or rip it again. Awesome. I'm going to share mine so people can really see, you know, we don't have to be judgmental. Yeah. This is how I was feeling. So yeah, and that's exactly, that's not exactly what I saw, but that's the essence of it. So yeah. this is going to be the best part. I'm going to get this on. on... Oof. There we go. That's all that emotion. Just goodbye. We don't need you. I don't need you. This is, this is time for you to go. I love it. And it does give me stress to make messes. So I'm going to yeah. take <laughs> it all out on the ripping. <laughs> I'll gather and throw it out. Yeah, I'll rip, rip it and then crumple it. Yep. There we go. All done. Yes. And some of my clients really like to burn them. Mm -hmm. I can see that. So in this exercise, it can be, you know, it can take as little as five minutes to do. I do this one almost every day because mm. it's a great release and I'm really like to keep my emotional decks cleared. Yeah. So whenever I have stuff that is bothering me, I will, I will do this exercise and just dump it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love it. So some of the things that came up for me, um, I, I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling anything when we were, when we were talking about it. I was like, I don't really feel anything. So what am I like, what am I going to end up doing? You know? And when, when we were meditating, I really realized like, you know, coming from my lineage, I always have this underlying sense of anxiety of I'm not doing the right thing. And I realized like, that's something that I want to release. It's not something I really resonate with. So just to share with the listeners, um, feeling that allowing myself to go deeper into that emotion and really allow that anxiety, it was not comfortable at all. It was horrible. I really wanted to stop, but you just kept telling me go deeper into it really feel what it's like. Don't let it go. And you exhale. That was hard. I had to consciously not exhale my anxiety because it's typically what I do anyways. I'll just, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I had to really harness and hold and say, this is mine. I'm the one experiencing this. So when I exhale, I'm going to keep experiencing it. And then when you had us breathe it out onto the paper, it's a little funny. You know, at first I felt the anxiety leave me, but I didn't, I was like, how am I going to see the anxiety? How am I going to know when I'm done? And it's funny when I was imagining blowing it onto the paper, I just imagined the paper going from being like a paper thin to like this thick. It was just like this thick piece of paper. And it had that image that I created. It had that on there, but it was dense and it was thick. And I realized like, oh, that, that might be what that means. So it just goes to show, like, I have never done this before with you. I've never done this before with any, with anybody else. So it just goes to show like, it's all really personal, personable. So it's all about our own experience and what we get from it. So I didn't want to throw the, make the mess because that would give me more anxiety. Whereas for you, it feels like a release. So really knowing ourselves and and deciding to take actions that feel good within our own selves versus just following a trend or doing the same thing you did because that's what you did. It's really good to take that moment to get to know ourselves a little bit better. So thank you for sharing that. I feel a little bit less anxious, even though I didn't even know I was feeling anxious. Um, and the more you do this exercise, the, the easier that it, the whole process flows. Like mm-hmm. it's like any kind of workout you get more adept at it. Like it, it's, it's really goes really fast for me and the stuff comes up really easily. Like I didn't even know too, that I was feeling something and it came up and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Poof. It's gone. (laughs) Um, Awesome. So that was so, that was so much fun too. I really like, I didn't, I haven't made art like that where I've just been like, doesn't matter what comes out. I'm when I when I paint or when I do art, I get so wound up in that perfectionist, where it needs to look like how it how I imagine it, or I need to have an idea of what I'm going to put out there before doing it. But I loved that meditation, how you had us imagine the artwork before actually putting it onto the paper and imagining the color first, imagining the colors, imagining the shape or the form and the forms, and then putting that all together into the big picture. That was really, really key and critical for me to actually be able to um, put out what I, what I just created. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't know how this was going to go. I wasn't sure um, how I was going to express my emotions and you guided me right there. So thank you so much. That was super fun. Um, I think this is a great creative tool to manage our stress. Um, I think it's important for us adults and, um, young teens and children as well to recognize that, um, art is not, it doesn't have any standards. Art is what you make it. So letting ourselves be artists, even if our neighbor doesn't label us as an artist, doesn't matter. We get to put out what is in our heart and that's what's important. Um, yeah, so it's just freedom of expression and with you, it's freedom from emotions. So, yeah. Um, so Kelly, how can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about soul art exploration or if they want to book a, ses- book a soul art session with you? Uh- Absolutely. So my website is www.soulartexploration.com. It's very easy to find. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also on uh, Facebook, Soul Art Exploration. And I have a an Instagram. It's Kelly Hopkins slash Soul Art. And so awesome. I think it's underscore Soul Art. One of those. So sorry. Okay. I'll get you the right one for sure. Awesome. <laughs> and, and 
And um, yeah, on the, the other half of this exercise is on my website. It's a it's available for free, the two parts right. of it. Yeah. And so if anybody's interested in the other part about creating positive emotions, they can get that on the website as well. And the information about how to work with me. Perfect. Great. That's very simple and straightforward. I love it. I'm definitely going to have to check out the second half of this because I don't want to live with no anxiety. I want to create peace and comfort. I love it. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Motivation. Again, I'm your host, Shannon. Please remember to tune in on Mondays for my spoken word and guided meditations. Every Monday, I share a heartfelt spoken word filled with nuggets of wisdom and an intuitively channeled guided meditation to further integrate the wisdoms. Tune in and share with your sisters, daughters, mothers, grandmothers, friends, and foes. Let's grow together. Stay rooted, sweet seeds. Until next time.